You're listening to Gamer Podcast. I'm Eric from the Gamer.com editorial team, and this week we're recapping the Pokemon World Championship as well as Gamescom Opening Night Live and the Destiny Lightfall reveal. Let's go! Welcome to the show. We're back after a one-week hiatus. Andrew King is here. I'm here. We're doing a bit of a uh, uh, two-man, a two-hander. This yeah, week. a two-hander is what they call this in Hollywood. I like to think I'm the Clooney of our um, our whole deal, and you're the Sandra Bullock. I've always thought about it the exact same way. So that's okay. Perfect. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page. It is a busy week here at the Gamer Office. Gamescom started earlier this week. We have practically half of our team away there. I have just returned from foggy London town where the Pokemon World Championships were hosted. Uh, And I'm very excited to talk to you about that event because uh, I obviously took an airplane to get there. Mm, How was that? And on the way back, I watched Morbius. Oh, you finally, uh, you finally did it. Well, the summer of Morb is almost coming to a close. So I'm glad you saw it. I'm morbed out uh, on the plane, so I'm glad we can finally uh, talk about it. I still uh, haven't seen it. I've been waiting for like such an occasion. I need to be on a plane. I feel like that's the right time to watch Morbius. Two things. One, you have to be on a plane. Two, you have to use the headphones that they provide you. Mm, yeah. That is essential. Mm-hmm. Uh, I opened the first pair. I put it on. It sounded pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I op- Then I said, oh, we can do better. We can <laughs> do better. So I opened the second pair, and that one, the left ear, did not work. Okay, well, that... That uh, that's what you want. That's what you got to go for. That's as how I watch you, Morbius. Yeah, as long as you can hear him say it's Morbin time, I think you're good. And one earphone is probably sufficient for that. Uh, here's the thing I want to say about this movie. Just we'll wrap this bit up and we'll talk about video games. Morbius, okay. Morbius is a bad movie. It's really mm-hmm. bad. But to be honest, if I'm the Sony executive decision makers Mm -hmm. i am very confused why morbius flopped and venom made almost a billion dollars because both of those movies are equally bad see i like the first venom i'll I'll go to bat for the first venom no i didn't like the second one as much but i'll I'll go i'll go to bat for i mean i think um my sense of quality has sort of been warped because anything where i feel like it doesn't have that mcu house style i'm just like give it to me give me give me a superhero movie that looks like it's from 2006 that's what i want to say you know what i mean give me nonsense that feels like each scene was written by a different writer and none of them got to see the complete draft that's what you're talking about we're talking about morbius now i'm talking about venom but uh venom is so fun you got you got uh you got eddie brock Uh uh-huh He's, he works for something that's similar to Vice. He goes to, uh, you know, he goes to interview Riz Ahmed. Is describing the plot your way of defending this movie? Is that how it works? <laughs> he gets turned into Venom eventually. It's, <laughs> he, he's in a lobster tank at one point. 
The lobster tank is the best part of that movie. Morbius yeah. doesn't have a lobster tank moment. And I mm. think that might be its great downfall. Yeah. Um, because kind you, of... you get with Venom, you get a sense of like, oh, he's just having fun with it. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, he's being, he's really going for it. Yeah. Uh, Morbius, nobody, nobody's going for it. I feel like the thing is that I, a lot can be solved by having a pretty likable lead actor. And I like Tom Hardy and I don't like Jared Leto. I like, I mean, like, I feel like he's given a few performances that I like, like, you know, back in the day, like Requiem for a Dream, I feel like he's not bad in. And I feel like I wish all of the performances in House of Gucci were on the same batshit level that his performance in House of Gucci is, you know? Yeah. So, you know, but I know you're right. He's a very obnoxious person. Anyway, okay, we're we're five minutes in now. We're done with Morbius talk, but that's okay. how we started. Summer the show of Morbius is still is still going for a few more weeks. Uh, I I should actually mention some things about the Pokemon World Championship. It was my first time, uh, at such an event, and mm. I had a great time. It's a very special Pokemon World Championship. Typically, this is an annual event, but mm. because of the old Rona. Uh, it's been three years. So, uh, so there's a, a couple of things that make it special besides the fact that it's just the first in three years. It's Mm -hmm. the only Pokemon world championship that played, uh, sword and shield. Oh, and it, and it never will be again, obviously, because Scarlet and Violet are coming out. Right. So the last, um, the last time they would have done this would have been the year after Sword and Shield came out, but it got canceled because of COVID. Yes. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. That's wild. That the game coming out feels like a very long time ago, but you know, now, COVID has been going for a long time. It was the final uh, time that Pokemon Tournament will be represented at the championship. Mm. Uh, shout out to Pokemon Tournament final champion Shadowcat. Mm. Shout out uh, to Shadowcat. Shout out, shout out to Shadowcat. Congratulations. You're the last winner ever. Uh, it's also the first Pokemon World Championship to host both Pokemon Go and Pokemon Unite. Now, how did the how does the tournament aspect work for Pokemon Go? I haven't picked that game up since like the summer of 2016. So mm-hmm. like I know it's changed in that time, but how does it work in a competitive way? Uh, they play Great League. So they have uh, a team of six. They all have to be under 1500 CP or 1500 max. And every round they can pick three of their six on their bench. Mm. Uh, and then they just do like best two out of threes. Uh, and how does and the battling work? Is it like a turn-based thing? Yes. Pokemon Go battles are uh, you, you tap the screen to attack and build your special energy, and then you get to use your special attack. Both players have two shields that they can use at any time to block a special attack. And so it's mm. very strategic about when to use that shield. You can switch Pokemon out, but they're on a timer. So you have to be very careful about who you're switching out, who you're putting in. It's uh, it's very fast-paced. It's a... It's a um, it's a nice adaptation of classic turn-based Pokemon into a more of an mm. action uh, setting, uh, yeah, and it works great. And, it's, and it and it it is fun to watch because it, it, the the matches go really quick. Um, and then on a similar note, 
Pokemon Unite is just a blast to watch. I mean, it's a MOBA, you know, like MOBAs mm-hmm. were made to be played in arenas with big crowds, you know, yeah. they just have, they have the pace and the timing. Like, you know, when the big moments are coming and Unite, especially because the matches are only 10 minutes long. Uh, mm-hmm. You just get that like crescendo and the climax so much faster. And it's just like every game is like really exciting. And uh, yeah, the casters did a great job. They put a right. bunch and of money you, behind it. Mm-hmm. You were able to do an interview with one of the casters, correct? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff I, oh, everything I covered from uh, the championship will be up on the site by the time you're listening to this. But okay. yeah, I got to do, uh, I got to interview Spraggles. Uh, I was not sure how to, I was not sure how it was pronounced, if it was a Spraggles or like Spraggles, like rhymes with bagels. So it is Spraggles. Spraggles. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. If you, uh, if you are a Unite fan, you've probably heard of Spraggles. He's, he's like the uh, YouTuber. There, there, there's a few Unite content creators. They're all very good. Uh, Spraggles is the man. He did a great job. Uh, I got to interview him. I also got to interview a producer uh, on Unite, which is rare. Let me tell you, yeah, that is, they are a uh, they are a closed box of ideas. It's very hard to get anything from them. So it was nice. Uh, you know, I, I didn't get a lot of like committal answers, but I got to say, you know, what about this issue? What about this feature? People are requesting this and they responded to all of them. They were like, yep, we know, uh, you know, we know matchmaking is an issue. We know yeah. people don't don't like uh, the surrender feature the way it works right now. And, you know, they responded to all that stuff and they're like, we're, lo- we're looking at it. We know we, we hear the feedback. So that kind That's of cool. stuff was very cool. Um, other than that, you know, they did the card game. They did the video game. It was all, it's all very high energy. It's all very exciting. I I'm very glad that the, uh, the Pokemon competitive community got to finally get together again. And they're doing a a much better job of making it more of a fan event. I think uh, traditionally it's been very much just like a competitive tournament scene, but this year they had a uh, outdoor space where, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, kids could like color and they could like take pictures with Pikachu and uh, other arts and crafts stuff. That was really cool. They had the Pokemon Center pop-up shop uh, with a bunch of like exclusive merch and stuff. That was really cool. They had spaces where people could learn how to play the card game and they could demo different games. Um, They had like exclusive Pokemon to catch for Pokemon Go. Mm. Um, Yeah. Uh, it's an awesome event. Uh, they also announced that next year is going to be in Yokohama, which is this year was the first time it's ever been outside of the U.S. Mm. And uh, it was in London. And then next year is going to be in Japan. So mm. very that's very cool stuff. Now, what did you do in London outside of that? That was the most uh, fun thing you did. I slept crazy hours and ate okay. food at the hotel. Nice. Well, that's uh, that's the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've been to San Francisco and Los Angeles for events and I don't feel like I have been to San Francisco or Los right. Angeles because I saw the hotel. I saw like the streets in between the event, you know, and the airport. And that's about it. You know, I was there for a short time. I was super jet lagged the entire time. Um, the Pokemon company and the PR team and stuff set up lots of cool events for all of the press and influencers and stuff that were there. There was like a, a boat, a boat ride uh, down the what is it? Thames, Thames, the Thames, the Thames. Yeah, the Thames. 
we did uh we did a little thing called tea and tcg where we went to a very fancy tea time and mm. we served as cakes and we played the new set uh, the new expansion mm-hmm. that's about to come out um lost origin mm-hmm. um yeah we you know little like parties and stuff um but i did not really get to see london no i'll have to go back yeah how was the tea the tea was everything they say it is. Yeah, are you much of never, a tea drinker? You never had tea until you've had <laughs> London tea. That's uh, right. No, not not particularly. Okay. It, I feel like I I hope that I would be able to notice the difference in quality if I had a true, you know, English cup, but uh-huh. I'm sort of doubtful. They always d- talk about how terrible uh, our tea is, but it's all just a bunch of dirt in a bag that you put in water, like... That's know. right. I don't yeah. know how good. I don't know how good it can, how different the quality can really be. Yeah, I mean, I feel that way too. Is not a big tea drinker, but then if you say that to a tea drinker, they'll say, "Well, coffee is just you know ground up beans." Also, just dirt in a cup. Yeah. Right. But I, I'm a big coffee fan, and I can definitely tell the difference between good and bad coffee. So I don't know. I give the tea drinkers the benefit of the doubt, but I don't trust them. I don't trust them fully. Tea drinkers are liars, and they are not to be trusted. That's right. The only time you should be drinking tea is if you have a little sore throat or maybe your belly hurts. You know, sure. it should be used to solve ailments, not just for pleasure. If you're drinking it just for pleasure, I have. I mean, I do, I, I do drink tea for pleasure, but I'm more of a coffee man, so I have to draw lines on the sand, you know? Yeah. Um, a lot of people come to the show for medical advice, so I appreciate your well, that little tidbit of wisdom. Sure. Uh, there was some news about the games. We saw... Um, because you know, worlds is competitive focused. They showed off mm-hmm. some new like health items and, uh, mechanics around Scarlet and Violet. They showed a new Mon who mm-hmm. is also a, a motorbike Mon, like the, uh, box legendaries. Oh, okay. It's a different uh, motorbike Pokemon. A different motorbike Mon, which would seem to suggest it's maybe a pre-evolution of the box legendaries, but we don't know. I don't know. We just know that there is a third Pokemon who's also a little motorcycle boy. Now, I didn't think about this until just now, but is the reason that they had it in the UK this time because the UK was the basis for the setting of um, yes. Sword and Shield? Okay. Correct. There and, was a lot of speculation that the next one would be in Barcelona. Right, because that's what Violet and... Uh, Violet and... Scarlet. Scarlet are Scarlet. set in, right? But you said you also Japan. struggle with Scarlet and Violet. I struggle yeah. with those names for some reason, too. I feel like it should be Ruby and Violet is what I want to say, but Ruby is one that we already have, so I know that that can't be right. Yeah. Um, I guess it makes sense for Japan, because Arceus was the, you know, the game in between Sword and Shield and Violet and Scarlet, and that is set uh, in yeah. Japan. That's so I guess point. That, that's the reasoning, and then Barcelona two years from now, but it's going to be weird if they're always like a game behind. True. Uh, but well, there's also some indication now that games will speed up somewhat. We'll have more of those inter generation games like uh, legends Arceus was. Yeah. They've uh, been migrating, you know, to new, new infrastructure, being able to develop things faster. So, right. Yeah. We'll see what an exciting time for Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, would you like to talk about the Keeley Night Live 
Uh, of course. Gamescom has begun in earnest, and uh, as always, Keeley has emerged from his slumber to show us more trailers. Yes, he's like, you know, Michael Buble used to emerge from his cave to put on his Christmas show on NBC, mm -hmm. and Keeley does the same for us. He comes out of his gaming cave to put on a show. Yes, much like Moses descending from the mountain. Keely has arrived on our Twitch feeds to deliver us the goods. That's right. Uh, let's run through this. The show started with a game called Everywhere, and I don't know what it is. No, they're, they are sort of playing kind of fast and loose with the way they're describing it, I guess. Because it's like it's everything. It's for It's a game that we're making. It's a game that players are making. And... I feel like they they sort of juked us at the end because it was all in this sort of, um, I don't know, like low poly sort of cartoony art style for most of the game. And then at the end, they had like some hyper-realistic graphics and I, to the point that I assumed it was a different trailer right? that had just started. And then they went back to the Everywhere logo and they brought out the Everywhere, you know, developer to talk about it. Yeah. And the buzzwords and the the user created content and all that stuff was giving me some real like metaverse NFT bullshit vibes. So, right. I don't know. I haven't looked into it. Uh, I got a, I just got bad vibes from this one. Are you, yeah. did you feel that too? Okay. I think I felt this sort of made me feel like, man, if this is just what games are, is that everything has to be the, you know, the one game that you... I mean, this is what people have been saying for a long time, is that, like, if every game is, like, trying to be the one game that you play or the mm -hmm. the next evolution of games, then I am just sort of checked out. Like, I just am not super excited about a game that is mostly, like, you know, user-created stuff. And, you know, I, I mean, this one obviously has content that they're bringing into it, and it seems like it's going to have a wide set of creative... Uh, like a like a wide creative suite. It seems like mm -hmm. it might be sort of similar to dreams in that way, or like a like a um, more professionally, or like you know higher production value version of like Roblox. Mm -hmm. But those are both games that I am not especially interested in playing. Like dreams, I have thought maybe I would like to like make a game in there. But then when I think about like the amount of time I would need to invest in order to learn the tools and then further time I would need to make the game. It just, I don't know. It's good for kids who have a lot of time on their hands and like want to learn how to create stuff. Like, I feel like it, it's good for them. It just isn't really for me anymore. Yeah. I feel the same way. I, I was never a Minecraft kid though. I'm sure I was a little outside of the age range, even when Minecraft was new. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. Uh, Okay, Dune Awakening, open yeah. world survival MMO. Right, they showed a CG trailer for this where Paul Atreides, an older Paul Atreides with a beard, um, yes. looked a little Timothy Chalamet adjacent, but you know legally distinct, was standing on a cliff as like the you know the famous Dune mantra about fear being the mind killer. Right. Um, you know, played in voiceover, and then a worm appeared, and he looked at the worm. And then I think he jumped on the worm at the end of the trailer. Am I remembering that right? Did he jump on the worm? 
Yeah, anytime we they show worm uh, is a good indication in my book. Yeah, I tend to agree. Now, are you are you a big fan of Villeneuve's version of Dune? I was. Yeah, okay. I liked it a lot. I liked it a medium amount. Uh, I was captivated. <laughs> Spellbound, okay. you might say. Did you see it in a theater? Because I watched it uh, at home when it was you watched on, it on HBO on your Max. Cell phone? No, I watched oh. it on a, on a fairly big TV, but it was on HBO Max. I didn't get the full effect that you would get with like, you know, movie speakers and like, you know, seeing yes. it on the big screen. Always see it on the big screen. That's what I see. Oh, I tend, I tend to agree. I, what did Villeneuve say that it is like, people made fun of him for this, but he's right when he said that you know watching a movie like this at home is like you know trying to use a speedboat in a bathtub or whatever. <laughs> I, I feel like people get after directors when they like say stuff about how the theater experience is kind of like a special thing. But like, yeah, if, you, if you're talking about a movie like Dune, like it definitely is a very different experience. If you see this at home alone or if you see it on a big screen with like big speakers in a crowd, like it just is. And I, I was the bad audience member who saw it at home. So I'm sorry, Denny. Uh, to make it up to Denny Vini, will you be dipping a toe into Dune Awakening? Um, yeah, I might try it, I guess. I was sort of hoping that it was not going to be a, uh online game. I don't know. When mm-hmm. he, they showed the trailer, I was like, okay, cool. Maybe we're getting like a, you know, single player Dune, like action adventure game. And that's not what it is. So I don't know. That sort of killed a little bit of my excitement for me just because like the two genres that they've made Dune games in now, Spice Wars, which is an RTS and this, which is like a survival MMO or not my preferred genres but of any of them i would be more likely to check this one out i haven't played spice wars yet i haven't either forgot that existed is it it's out right early access um yeah i should try that uh i i love mmos i love dune peanut butter and chocolate baby Mm, let's go mm -hmm. uh i'm into it uh dual sense edge is a pro controller the PS5, I'm also into that. I collect controllers, yeah, and I use I th- a lot of pro controllers. I think it will be a nice controller. It, like, not uh, just the way that um, Keeley introduced it sort of highlighted how absent Sony sort of has felt from this yeah. generation so far. I mean, like, they put out a decent amount in, like, the launch window of the PS5 in, like, that first year. We had, you know, a new Ratchet & Clank, new Spider-Man. Um, Returnal, Demon Souls, Horizon Forbidden West this year. Yeah. I just, I feel like I don't really know. I don't have a good idea of what they're doing at this point, And they have not been especially communicative about their plans. Do you think Sony regrets releasing the PS5 when it did? I don't know. Because it's like, you know... They could have released. I mean, if they had released a year later, they would have had like a crazy good um, launch window or launch lineup, right? Like for the actual launch yeah. of the PS5, you would have had. I mean, Horizon would have been out like a few months later, but you would have had Returnal, Demon Souls, uh, Ratchet and Clank, Spider Man, all of that available day one. Like that could have been, yeah, really good. And then I, I don't think I would have that feeling, but. It just sort of feels like after the end of the PS4, where they had a lot of heavy hitters coming out, like with um, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Last of Us Part Two, Ghost of Tsushima, God of, um, War. God of War, Spider-Man, like 
it sort of feels like I, I was thinking back and the last time I felt like, wow, I'm really excited for what Sony is doing was that E3 presentation in 2018 where they had the, you know, four big trailers, the four yeah. big gameplay reveals for Last of Us, Spider-Man, Death Stranding, and um, Ghost of Tsushima. That was like, wow, they really are, you know, putting all their big guns at the end, pointing all their big guns at the end of this generation. And it just sort of felt like trickles in the mm-hmm. PS5 era so far. I, and I feel like there's still a sense that you don't really need a PS5. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of people say that a lot of my uh, normie contacts, mm-hmm. when I go out into the world and... Um, and reach out and touch the people. Uh-huh. They always they always tell me I don't need a PS5. There's no games. But if yeah. you took all the games that have come out, you kind of alluded to this. If you just mm-hmm. took all the PS5 games there have been and treated and those were all launch titles. Yeah. The, I I think the the attitude would be a lot different. Yeah, I mean, I think some of the difficulty is that a lot of these games, most of these games are cross-gen. Like you have mm-hmm. some like um Ratchet and Clank and Demon Souls that are, you know, exclusive to or was Demon Souls exclusive to PS5? It, it was, was, right? So is Returnal. Yeah. And Returnal, yeah. So you have a few that are like you have to have a PS5 to play those. Mm-hmm. But for the PS4 was like a gigantic console, like sold so many units. So like lots of people have that and can play games on it. It won't be as good, which like to me is like a, you know, like professional gamer, like somebody who needs to play games for a living and wants them to run as well as they can so that I can do it like as efficiently as I can and have like the best experience if I'm reviewing something. It was important to me to have a PS5, but not everybody's in that position. And I don't feel like Sony has given them a ton of reasons that they need to upgrade, you know? Right. Yeah. And so like, the, yes, the DualSense Edge uh it's great it's a dual sense with like integrated pro features and customization but it's also like the ps5 is still really just winding up in the first place yeah i was sort of hoping that when keely set it up like he was going like you know we asked sony if they had anything to show us and they did so i think you're going to like what you say and it was a controller and that sort of Mm -hmm. bummed me out because i was just like i want to have something from sony that i'm excited about in the future and like God of War is definitely that for a lot of people. Yeah. But I don't see much on the horizon that I am excited about, I guess. Well, how about this? Uh, Callisto Protocol gets new gameplay. Yes, and, I am excited uh, for that. I am too. I I don't need to see any more, however. That's how I feel. I mean, they. I am impressed with them that they've, like, every time they show up for one of these events, they're like, let's show another five minutes of gameplay. Like, that is, like, a super solid place for a game to be in the year leading up to its launch, you know? Like, yeah. that's, I'm glad for them, and it gives me confidence that the game is ready. But yeah. it sort of is like, you know, when we saw, like, they kept showing Deathloop before Deathloop came out. Like, they showed it every right. chance that they got. And it's like, I get what Deathloop is. I've seen the gameplay. I'm confident that it's going to be, you know, a polished, solid game. Like, I don't need to keep seeing footage of it. I'm I'm sold on Callisto Protocol. Yeah, uh, same. Uh, Lords of the Fallen 2 is now the Lords of the Fallen. Mm-hmm. And I never played the first one, but I 
seem to recall that it was bad. Yeah, I think I think um, that may have been the word on the street with that. But they have made the two surge games since then, and those are both pretty good. Okay, I yeah. I reviewed the surge ones DLC back in the day. They had like mm-hmm. an amusement park themed DLC, and then they the surge two was also pretty good. So I don't know. They might be okay. better at doing like a soul. I mean, the thing with like the original Lords of the Fallen was that it was like just a pretty straight. Dark Souls, Just a like bad re- Dark Souls, yeah, yeah. From my understanding, with very little that it was bringing to the table, and now that they've like worked in like sci-fi and like have done their own thing, I think maybe they'd bring some more like creativity and originality back to like the series that they started with. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. Uh, let me run through some of these smaller ones. Uh, okay. Moving out to uh, yeah, that that first game was pretty fun i liked what i played to the first one yeah i played just a little bit of it it did not grab mm-hmm. me but um yeah uh i heard a whole arena full of people clap for hogwarts legacy yeah awkward for them sucks to be them uh new tales from the borderlands now uh, randy oh old, old rando yeah. randy p yeah. Randy P got on stage and said, you've probably seen the leaks or whatever, but now I'm going to officially announce it. Except I was in the theater at PAX East in mm. April when he said that there was new Tales from the Borderlands. So I don't know why mm. this gets to be the official announcement when the it is the gameplay reveal. We didn't see right. it back then. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, sometimes you, if you're Randy P, you get to r- announce a game twice. I think Randy says so much shit all the time that he forgets that he he probably forgot that he announced that, you know? True. True. Uh, um, I know this was this game was beloved. I yeah. obviously have reservations about whatever this corpse of Telltale is. Yeah, who's developing this? It is is it being developed internally at Gearbox? Uh oh, maybe I'm mistaken. This is not the Telltale game. The Expanse is the Telltale game. Right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And the wolf, right, of, right. the wolf Among Us is also from. Isn't Telltale also doing that? The Wolf Among Us too. Right. And the okay. first, the first Tales from the Borderlands was Telltale, but this one. Right. Was okay. So yeah, this one I think is being developed internally, and like honestly, like graphically, and like in terms of like how the engine is running, it looks a lot more solid and like that way than the original one but i am sort of skeptical that if it is internally at gearbox that they're going to be able to tell as good of a story as telltale was i just i i can't imagine anything more insufferable than borderlands but take out all the shooting mm -hmm. like borderlands but just the script (laughs) (laughs) oh god it's gonna trigger my ids just thinking about it did you play the first one no I've, okay, no, well, I would the first never. one is pretty good. I like really? when when Borderlands three was coming out. I played everything Borderlands related except for like the mobile game that they made. But I played a lot of I played all of one, a lot of two, a bit of the spinoff, the pre sequel, uh-huh. and I played all of Tales from the Borderland. And yeah, it's pretty fun. It's I mean, there's some great moments in it. I'm not as big of a fan of it as a lot of people are. Like a lot of people like are like that's the best Telltale game. And I'm not, wow. and I'm not necessarily there, but I do think it is better than you might expect from the pitch that it's Borderlands without the shooting. Okay. 
but I don't know about this one because again, I don't think it's um, Telltale talent that's working on this one. It's like internally a gearbox, I think. Yeah, like people that write Borderlands games. Yeah. Uh, okay, Dying Light Two's big story expansion is coming October thirteenth. We got a trailer for that. Uh, yeah. W- w- any any thoughts on that? I um, was not a big fan of that original game, and probably won't play more of it. All right, moving on. Um, yeah. Did you uh, like the first? Did you like Dying Light Two? Uh, pretty mixed. Pretty okay. mixed feelings about that. Um, but I will be playing this expansion for sure. A uh, quick update: This is being developed internally at Gearbox. The right. new tales from the Borderlands, according to Steam. All right. Um, okay, there was a pirate game called Tortuga. Um, there was a shooter called Marauders, which is yeah. going into early access. We got a new yep. Sonic Frontiers trailer that looks pretty good. I, I was into it. I was into that trailer, yeah. I know you've yep. played that game and said that it was like there was good stuff about it, but it was pretty rough. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was into that trailer. I would love for a sonic game to be great november 8th we will find out uh new quantic dream game yeah i feel Um, about that pretty similarly to how to how i feel about hogwarts legacy which is it's sort of a cursed place that it is emitting from you know pretty cursed yeah like like what they showed of that game i would be interested in if it wasn't from Quantic mm-hmm. Dream. Same way I would be interested in Hogwarts Legacy if J.K. Rowling was able to shut up for two seconds. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but unfortunately, neither of those things are the case, so I guess I will probably skip both of those games. Uh, some gameplay for Goat Simulator 3? Yeah. I've never actually played any Goat Simulator. I played some of the first one on Game Pass. It's pretty fun. Okay. You're a goat. Yeah. I played Deer Simulator. How's that? Deer Simulator's great. You uh you stretch your neck out and mm. you can loop it around trees and signs and swing around like Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's a good one. That is not what I would expect a deer simulator to be. <laughs> uh new Monkey Island trailer and a release date's coming out on Talk Like a Pirate Day. September nineteenth. Yeah, I'll play that game. That, I love Monkey uh, that, Island. I hate the way this looks. I also don't like the way it looks. I don't want to pile on them because I know they've gotten a ton of shit online about how that game looks, but I cannot help it. I don't, I don't like, like the it. aesthetic. They still have the Monkey Island theme, though, which is like one of the all-time great video game themes, so I feel like that sort of makes up for it. It's going to be a good game. It's just, uh, yeah, it's I that art style, I think, was a huge mistake. Yeah. Yep, don't love it. Uh, a lot of different directions they could have gone, but uh, that's what they wanted to do. So I hope it. I hope it's good. Yeah, the Subnautica team is working with Brandon Sanderson. Yes, the guy uh, that the finished the uh, Wheel of Time series. Right, right, right. After uh, the death of the original author. Yeah, a digital tabletop strategy game. It's called Moonbreaker. Yeah, it looks, looks kind of cool. Looks like my kind of shit. Kind of yeah. Warhammery. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, very colorful. You get to paint the miniatures, is that right? Yes. Like in-game? Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool idea. I feel like, you know, that it it seems like we're sort of, you know, in the right time for that. Like miniatures are, at least to me as an outsider, seem like they're bigger than they've ever been. And like Mm -hmm. with games like Tabletop Simulator, like people are really used to like doing like tabletop stuff. I mean, just because of the pandemic and how big Tabletop Simulator was early on in the pandemic as a way for people to take their, you know, in-game tabletop groups online. I feel like people Mm -hmm. are used to the idea of like tabletop stuff on the computer. And so I think uh, this is, it's a good time for this game. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, that's one of the ones I'm most interested in. Uh, Friends vs. friends. I think this looks kind of cool. Yeah. From raw fury. This is a shooter with a deck building system. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is interesting because we just had a very good shooter slash card game. Right. Yes. Neon white. One of my favorites of the year so far. Yeah. So that was awesome. So I think that's a good way for people to sort of wrap their mind around how shooting and cards can work together. But this will have uh, obviously the more involved deck building system. But right, um, could be cool. Yeah. Could be cool. I think this next one, Lies of P, is probably <laughs> kind of the headliner of the event. Yeah. People seem pretty stoked on it despite the very the name. bad name. Yeah. Yeah. It, it has always struck me as like a – I mean – it just, yeah, the the name from when they first announced it, I'm, I've sort of been like, man, I hope they change that name because right. that is an awful name for what this is. This is the uh, grimdark reimagining of Pinocchio in a Dark Souls type world. Everything mm-hmm. I say about it sounds ridiculous, but it actually yeah. looks pretty great. We're in sort of a Pinocchio renaissance at the moment. <laughs> Wait, what did the copyright expire on Pinocchio or something? Because Disney's doing it, and then Polly Shore did it, and now this yeah, well, is, there's this the is Guillermo it. del Toro Pinocchio uh, movie that's coming out this fall. I think both the Disney one, the Disney like live action Pinocchio, and the Guillermo del Toro animated Pinocchio are both coming out this fall. Right. And I don't know when Liza P. Does it have a date? No. Okay, well, it won't all be this year, but we're going to get a lot of Pinocchio in a relatively short span of time. Uh, well, the, you know, the summer more bends. Yes, the, the, the decade of, of Pinocchio begins. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah. Stranded Alien Dawn had a pretty cool mm. trailer. I uh, don't remember this one. This I was, must have been looking away from my phone. This was like tribal like prehistoric and then like a big meteor strikes mm. it's like a- aliens plus cavemen sort of idea okay cool and it is a planet survival sim yeah is how it's uh, described right uh this is from the developers of surviving mars mm. so a very crunchy city builder sim kind of thing yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll keep an eye on that. That's a pretty interesting concept. Um, Atlas Fallen. Yes, this is also from the developers of um, The Surge and The Surge Two and Lords of the Fallen. Wow, two games, one showcase. This is their yep. Monster Hunter, their take on Monster Hunter. Yeah. Yes, I guess. Um, 
it's sand. The IGN headline. I'm looking at IGN's list of everything announced at Gamescom. Okay. And they say sand is your weapon in Atlas Fallen. Well, if that's not so, controlling, I don't know. And then below that, they say uh, the player's primary weapon is sand. <laughs> Thanks, so, IGN. Guess, yeah, so like, you know, like Sandstorm, like, you know, like in Pokemon, I assume, like when you, you know, throw sand at your opponent. I'm guessing that's what's happening here. A yeah, trailer showed two warriors combat. fighting. I think, uh, yeah, it says a trailer showed two warriors fighting Monster Hunter style beasties using shape shifting weapons. Made of sand and sand-based abilities. It gets everywhere. It sure does. Uh, new gameplay for Homeworld 3. You ever play these Homeworld games? No, I sort of had the same reaction to you asking me that as the audience had when Jeff Keighley asked them a similar question <laughs> yesterday. I <laughs> never played these games. Um, what are the, What's the deal with Homeworld? Uh, it is old, legacy... Uh... RTS, like mm. space R- RTS. Now you're a big uh, RTS guy. Uh, here and there, I grew up with like uh, Age of Mythology and mm. Starcraft. I played a lot of PC RTS games. Uh, yeah, didn't play Homeworld. Homeworld was pretty involved. Mm. Not uh, not nearly as kid friendly as stuff like Age of Mythology, which I believe is just a game where you open the console and type in cheat codes. <laughs> I think that's what the how you play that game. Yeah, all my friends who were into RTSs were into Age of Empires. Like, I feel like yeah. my, my my friends who were not, like, super serious gamers liked Age of Empires. So it seems like it was fairly easy to pick up. Yeah. Like, those Age of games. Yeah. Uh, Homeworld, my understanding, this is, uh, this is the serious. This is for the connoisseurs of the genre. This is for the, is the word grognards? Sure. All right, yeah, this is for the grognards. Uh, great. Uh, Genshin Impact trailer. I don't have any thoughts about this. I saw somebody, I saw some reactions to like the Egyptian stuff they're doing in this. Okay. Like negative reactions, like, oh, that looks yikesy, but I have not, I was not paying super close attention when this trailer played, so I don't know exactly what that's about. Genshin Impact 3.0, aka... Uh, dump your wallets in the toilet. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, you Justin got Roiland. Simulator. Oh yeah, let's skip down to that. Justin Roiland. What did you think of this trailer? Because I've I've seen uh, mostly very negative reactions to it online. Yeah. Uh, I played. I played Trover. Trover. Okay. Uh, and I mostly enjoyed it pretty simple platformer and i thought that the jokes largely landed if you mm-hmm. like the that rick and morty humor yeah i mean i like uh, rick and morty so i feel like i'm sort of the target audience for this kind of thing yeah there is a saturation point right with with Royland. like it's it, it's coming it's it's already come for a lot of people mm-hmm. um and it's just it's just gonna be like if you still like rick and morty humor I think I like yeah. I, it seems to me like the negativity is like people that are just over Justin Roiland because, mm-hmm. you know, he's pretty one. No, he just does the one the one thing. <laughs> he always does the Morty voice, like whatever, whatever game or show he's doing voices for the Morty voice is always there. Like 
that's sort of his default animation voice. Right. And then, like, he's got the Rick voice. And this one, he does, like, an Australian voice, which was kind of a, mm-hmm. a change for him. So, but, uh, yeah, I think he needs to workshop a few extra voices so that he can, you know, extend this thing for the next, <laughs> you know, decade, right? Well, and and the bit is always just sort of, like, a glib, like, self-aware, like, this is a game or this is a show, but I know it's a game. I know mm-hmm. it's a show, right? Yeah. And, and like I'm I'm making up all the dialogue as I go. That's yeah, a big joke. The the yeah, and like I can definitely see how that would be annoying for people if they don't like the joke. I think yeah. I think the way he improvises is funny. I like think Rick and Morty's funny. Yeah. Um but I think he also is helped on that show by having like strong writers and like working with Dan Harmon and having like somebody who knows how to like run a TV show working with them. Yeah. Yeah. So I have not played his, I didn't play Trover. I thought Trover looked fine. I I didn't play it. And um, so I guess I will probably play this. I will probably pick this one up because I, I don't hate, I didn't hate that trailer as much as a lot of people did. I was not a, I was not a hater. I think there yeah. was a, a joke or two in there that landed for me. The problem is, like, you know, you talked about him hitting a saturation point, like, in the culture. I worry about hitting, like, a saturation point while I'm playing the game where I just, none of this is hitting me anymore. I'm just numb to it, you know? Right. Yeah. You know what? I don't think I finished Trevor, and that's probably exactly why. Mm, yeah. I At a certain point, I was like, I got it. <laughs> Right. I think humor, like, this is what people always say when, like, a trailer will come out that's really showcasing the quips in a game, is that Uh humor is just a really hard thing to land for anybody, and when you have to fill 20 hours with jokes, it is an extremely, extremely, like, difficult ask. Yeah. Um, And games keep trying to do it, and I don't think they probably should. I think, like, you know, serious, like, watching House of uh, the Dragon... Last last uh, Sunday, I was thinking like this like serious dialogue just is, is easier to get right in a way than the like half serious half jokey tone that so much like Marvel TV is trying yeah. to hit. You know, sure, yeah. It's like like I, like I don't know that um, that House of the Dragon. Like I enjoyed House of the Dragon a lot, but like you could do this a similar show with like dialogue that wasn't all that good. And like, as long as you have like great actors with gravitas, like that is just going to land better than like comparable dialogue. That's going for like that, you know, smirky tone. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, speaking of a little, something a little self-serious, we did mm. see the expanse. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. The new uh, telltale expanse game. Right. Um, have you watched any of the Expanse? Mm, maybe one of them. Okay, I haven't seen any of it. I have heard it described as Game of Thrones in space, which has me like intrigued. Um, but I have not. I've never watched it. My dad, I think, has watched all of the Expanse, but I haven't seen any of it. I haven't either, and that's all I have to say about that. Killer clowns from outer space. Killer clowns from outer space. His name. Uh, I haven't heard in, in a, a long, long time. time. Yeah. I don't know how 
who dug up this IP. Honestly, I'm more interested in how this came to be than than the game itself because right. Who well, I think cares just... who's championing the killer clowns? Like, weird. I mean, they're just looking for um, horror IP that they can throw into the that they can like put into the asymmetrical multiplayer space. It seems like right. Yeah, is this this is asymmetrical, right? Like it's in the same vein as like the Friday the Thirteenth game and uh, like Dead by Daylight. I don't know. I know it's multiplayer, but I don't know beyond that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Evil Dead is like another one that. Yep. Recently came out. Yeah, I think they're just looking for like '80s horror IP that they can use for games. I've tried to figure out who is developing and publishing this because I feel like that sort of illuminates a little bit about like you know the origins of it like if oh, it is here coming it from... is it says three versus seven okay <laughs> so yes that's an interesting asymmetrical <laughs> so this is yeah. from Eurovision games and good shepherd entertainment neither of which i am very familiar with oh um good shepherd is putting out hard west 2 or put out hard west 2 not familiar which it looked like a, um, so its descriptions on Steam are turn-based strategy, Western, and turn-based tactics. All right. Uh, but they otherwise have not put out, well, from what I can tell, any of these um, asymmetrical horror games. I just... So this is the first for them. It's, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, it, it feels very cynical mm-hmm. to me. I don't think that this is... Uh, this is showing any kind of reverence for the Killer Clowns fans, but I could be wrong. Maybe yeah. they are Legion. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's it's probably going to be a 7 out of 10 that should never have been made. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think you may be right. I, it, I do think it is interesting that we're at that point in the trend where they're digging up a, like 80s IP that obscure for like multiplayer games, but... Why didn't they do uh, Attack of the Flying Tomatoes? Wait, that's that would right. be good. Or Is Gremlins. Attack of the Flying Tomatoes. Killer Tomatoes. Oh no, they're oh yeah yeah. Attack of the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. That's what yeah, they should have yeah. done. That's what they should have done. Eight Legged Freaks. The one about the big spiders. But that yeah. is like 2000s IP. Nobody's nostalgic for like, you know, middling 2000s IP. Um, okay. Scars Above is another, I was into this one. another spooky space game to go into the spooky space game soup. Yeah. I am into what they're putting down, though. I think like I'm noticing some stuff that I am think could hold this back, like the, the facial capture looked pretty bad just because mm-hmm. it was like they were like you know in like high intensity mode in the spaceship and like the people's faces looked like they were ordering a sandwich like it just was not <laughs> you know yeah this was not what you would expect but like i'm into i'm into like spooky space stuff I, i'll admit it i'm into spooky space stuff i'm excited for the callisto protocol i'm excited for that new dead space game like yeah, give me spooky space stuff. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. an aesthetic I like a lot. Spooky say, I'll I'll slop it up. Yeah, so this one it begins with a upside down pyramid appearing over Earth. Yeah, and then 
where they are in like the gameplay that they showed doesn't look like Earth. It looks like they're on like an alien planet, but I don't know if yeah. that's like just this, you know, spaceship affecting Earth to make it look weird. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I'll play this. Uh, weird song. Yeah, this is a, a new open world RPG set in mid- middle medieval Portugal from Sure. Yeah, from the developers behind Fallout 3, New Vegas, and 4, Skyrim, and The Outer Worlds. There's wow. talent from all those games working on it. So the trailer didn't show much. It was it sort of looked more like concept art than like what actually the game is gonna look like. But right. yeah, I was into I'm into the talent more than and like the pitch. I am interested in the pitch of it. But I did not see much in the trailer to get excited about. Just weird, weird imaginative creatures. Yeah. Pretty much that's all yeah, I got. Yeah, so I'll definitely play that one. It feels like it's sort of a, um, the latest in like, I don't know how indie this is since they're describing it as open world. I don't know how open and big that mm-hmm. world will be, but it feels like the latest in a trend of, you know, bigger RPG developers either striking it out on their own or making like indie level games within their studios. Like Pentiment was that for Obsidian. Weird West was that with Rafael Colantonio, the former, you know, arcane developer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm into it. I am into, I'm always into a new open world RPG, especially when it's like that, um, you know, talent behind it gets right. me excited. Probably a long way out, but yeah, probably the next time I'll see it, I'll, f- I'll think it was the first time I'm seeing it and somebody has to remind yeah. me of this Gamescom trailer. Yeah. So Age of Empires 4 is also on this list. And you, you, are you excited for that one? No, oh, wait, I don't. Is, is, this, is, this is the expansion. This is Ottomans. They're yes. adding Ottomans and Malians. Right. Yeah. I didn't uh, play that original game. I downloaded it. It's on Game Pass. And then the buzz was just like, well, it's more Age of Empires. And I was like, well, it never grabbed me before. So mm. don't need to sign up for that. Uh, but happy for you, mm-hmm. uh, Age of Empires yeah. fans. Yeah, happy for I thought you were talking about me. And I'm like, I, I could go either way on this. <laughs> um, but the next thing is something that I'm fairly excited for, like of Gotham the games Knights. coming later this year. Yeah, of the games coming yeah. this year, I feel like this is one of the ones I'm more excited for. So the the release date got rolled back a week. Yeah, not something you see happen very often, but seems to point to them being confident that the game is good and ready will to be go, ready yeah. early. Yeah. Uh, the new trailer showed Harley. Um, yep. And not a. Not a Harley voice that I recognized. I thought that was notable. Cause yeah, 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 yeah. It was not Tara Strong. Yeah, not Tara Strong and um, not Kaylee Cuoco. <laughs> no, definitely not Kaylee Cuoco. <laughs> not Margot Robbie. Definitely not Margot Robbie. So I wonder mm-hmm. what that's about. Uh, yeah. Tara Strong's still doing Harley. She's Harley in uh, Multiverses. Yeah. So and was in all of the Arkham games, right? Yes, and was yeah. was Harley in the Arkham games, yeah. And uh, was Timmy was... Timmy uh, Turner? Oh yeah, she's been a million, a million. Yeah, the voice of Timmy Turner. We also saw a very cool version of Clayface. Mm-hmm. 
I thought that was that's that's not a character that has been modernized very well. Um, no, he's in the animate the Harley Quinn animated series um, as like a a very dramatic like thespian kind of character. Like is always you know like ready to you know perform, and I like that iteration of him. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see him in a more serious take on the Batman universe because Harley Quinn is like great but it's you know also a very specific tone yeah i like villains that are hard to punch <laughs> i like sandman yeah. i like clayface mm-hmm. i like uh i like amorphous dudes i like and... i like villains that are made from sediment that are made from like <laughs> yeah. you know the 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 ground beneath our feet it's like i thought i could trust the earth but the earth has turned against me i like goopy bad boys yeah 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 like morbius absolutely uh okay where wind meets yeah open world uh rpg um from the ign article that i'm looking at just gonna give them (laughs) credit since that is what i'm relying on for my uh list it is from everstone games and set in the ten kingdoms era of medieval china well, I don't. I'm not familiar with Everstone Games. I am not either, but uh, IGN is, I guess. I'm looking them up now, and they are the only entry about them on Gematsu is about where winds meet. So I don't know if they're a new studio or not. Okay. But I'm looking like on various websites, and the only thing I'm mentioned I'm seeing of them is this game. So, yeah, yeah, not exactly sure. So could be, could be another Tsushima sort of historical open world. Yeah, I was curious deal. about whether this was like a Western developer trying to take on medieval China, or whether it was like a Chinese team that was making it. But. I'm not finding much information about Ever Game, Everstone Games, so I can't tell you. Yeah, a lot of a lot of new studios, a lot of new IP. I like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, yeah, I was complaining about like Sony not having a ton of stuff that I'm excited for, but I feel like we are in sort of a renaissance of like just throwing new stuff at the wall, you know, like. Throw a new IP at the wall and seeing what sticks. Like, you know, Callisto and Protocol is one of, like, the most anticipated games of this year. It's a new IP. I mean, it obviously is, like, a spiritual successor to Dead Space, but, like, right. we saw a ton of stuff at this, uh, at Gamescom that was just completely new. So, and that's Pinocchio. exciting. And Pinocchio. Yes. The the most storied franchise of all. Uh, um, Kojima's got I, a podcast. Are you going to listen to that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I never read his book. Did you read his book, The Creative Gene? No, I didn't. Okay. Yeah, I didn't read that either. The only creative gene I want to read about is Gene Hackman. <laughs> hey, you and me both, pal. Yeah. Huge Hackman uh, heads. Yeah, Hackman heads. We just started a podcast called Hackman Heads. Oh, we probably should. All right, for favorite favorite Hackman role. Three, two, one. Quick on the Superman dead. three. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I think I think we have everything we need to start a Hackman podcast for sure. Uh, um, yeah, Spotify podcast, Kojima, 
who's going to do the Kojima voice? I think he should get a celebrity friend to yeah. translate a different uh, celebrity for every episode. Yes, I think Norman Reedus should do the pilot. Norman Reedus, he can get John Hamm in there. Why not? Guillermo del Toro. Uh, Mads. Um, Leah Sidhu. Yeah. Yeah, get them all. Get Margaret them all. Qualley. Uh, Snake. David Hayter. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Quiet. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Bam. Now let's just name char- characters. Just I, ran out, of, <laughs> I ran out of actors. Yeah. <laughs> Revolver Ocelot. Uh, okay. Yeah, um... Oh, wait. This was really cool. Park Beyond. Yes. It's a new um, amusement park sim. But this is, is, is this not, this is from Frontier, isn't it? Uh, could not tell you. Let me look it up. Uh, Bandai Namco and Limbic Entertainment. Oh, this is not the Frontier one. Okay. But this had crazy uh, futuristic rides and nonsensical roller coasters. Uh, cars getting shot out of a cannon and landing on a track on the other side. And yeah. Really, like high, high fantasy theme park. I thought that was such a cool idea. See, I want more theme park games that are not Sims. I want mm-hmm. I want to figure out how to like I mentioned that um, that Surge expansion that was set at a theme park. I liked that. I mm. like the Mario Super Mario Sunshine levels that are set at the Isle Delfino um, theme park. Those were great. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm all for theme parks because I feel like theme parks provide a um, they're basically level design in real life. So they make like they map very easily to video games. You know. I agree. I thought this looked awesome. Yeah. Uh, There's a Pokemon Mini Cooper. Yeah. It's not a Mini Cooper. It's a Mini Aceman. Which, what, what's what's a Mini Aceman? Well, a Cooper is a type of car. This isn't a Cooper. Well, then why is it... Uh, why why do I uh, associate Mini exclusively with Cooper? You think Mini only makes Coopers. And you might be right. Uh, this <laughs> isn't a Mini Cooper. This is a Mini Aceman. Okay. Uh, but it's purely theoretical. <laughs> so I don't know why this is part of the show or why it exists, but it's a Pikachu car or the concept of one. Yeah. Uh, and you can take your game on the road with you. I don't know what the point of this is. No, I, we're seeing like an increase in gaming related cars, right? Cause like Tesla's you can play games on, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It, the car is like the place that, I don't really need to game. It's a place where I have a, <laughs> I already have a task that I'm trying to accomplish. I don't need yeah. new ones. Maybe because know. it's electric. It's an electric car, so so Pikachu is just sort of the theme. It's an right. That was type. what they said. Is that it was yeah 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 because Pikachu is an electric type and this is an electric car. So that's all you need. But it has like a Pikachu interface. Like you get in the car and he pops up on the screen. And he says mm. Pika Pika. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, sure, I'll take one. One, please. Sign me up. Sure. Yeah, I'll play it. I'll play that card. Um, yeah, if they, if, if uh, Aceman wants to send us cars to review, Eric and I will happily accommodate happy, them. Happy to check out the Pika car. Sure. Um, next thing I'm seeing is Phantom Hellcat. Right. 
which is yeah. a 2D, 3D hack and slash. I, to be honest, I don't remember one thing about this. I don't remember this either. The girl, the main character, has like a mask, like a theater kind of mask that is... It looks like it alternates between, like, I'm just looking at the screenshots, and it looks like it alternates between 3D and, like, 2D platforming sections. Like, 3D brawling and 2D platforming. I could be wrong, though, because I'm just looking at screenshots, but that is what it looks like they're going for. Must have taken a bathroom break. Yes, I feel, I don't remember this one at all, but it is coming to everything except for Switch. Okay. Cool. Uh, then new Dark Tide trailer, which is a game I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah, uh, I I am not a Warhammer 40k person or Warhammer at all person, but like this game looks very cool. Have you played Vermintide? I haven't. No. Okay. But like, just the setting of this seems very appealing to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this got minorly delayed. It's still coming mm. out this year. I think it got delayed like a month. Okay. Um, but I played it at Summer Games Fest. I did a preview, and it's great, especially yeah. if you like Vermintide. It's it is. Uh, at first, it, the easiest way to understand it is that it's the 40k version of Vermintide, but it is oh, also yeah. very much a like bigger, better sequel to Vermintide. Okay. Cool. Uh, improving on it in like every way. So good. Cool. Shit. Maybe I'll maybe I'll check it out. Maybe this will be Check the time that I, I think, I think I have a hang up with Warhammer. I'm just like, I could never get into that. You know, it's too, it's too dense, but like, yeah. this is just a shooter. I could get into a shooter. It's not right. that hard. Yeah. You don't need to know all the lore. Right. It's okay. Maybe this will be my entry point to getting into Warhammer. Uh, door from Mantic. Yeah. It's a, um, like, a building game right i'm always i always get a little stressed out when i hear like oh this is coming to a new platform and it's a game like i didn't know existed in the first place right yeah well it's steam page describes it as a peaceful building strategy and puzzle game where you create a beautiful and ever-growing village landscape by placing tiles that sounds lovely it's coming to switch looks like Catan. i mean it isn't i don't think the gameplay is anything like Catan, but the way the board is laid out looks like a Catan board Gotcha. Uh, okay, much more. Here we go. Uh, Blacktail. Mm-hmm. Uh, b- 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 it's about know. you can be the good witch or you can be the bad witch. Okay. And and it's an action. It's an action game. That is what I gather. Okay. Outlast um, Trials. <laughs> sorry, sorry, we got a, we've got a lot. I don't want to get stuck. Sure. Uh, Outlast Trials. I, I, I really Outlast is in that genre of like hide and seek horror that I think uh, bumps me out. I yes, I've played a lot of those games, like just for reviews, because I like that was sort of a niche that I got into as a freelancer was covering like first person horror games. And that is a genre that has a very low success rate, in my opinion, because, like, if you take out the combat, you take out a lot of what is interesting about horror. And, like, I don't know. I find, I feel like if you are just making me run and hide, that actually makes me less scared than if I have some way of fighting back. Yes. I think Resident Evil 7 
yeah. Resident Evil 7, which, like, draws from that genre, but does so with, like, ammo scarcity as, like, the means of, like, making you stressed out, that just feels like a better fit to me than most of this kind of game. But I have not played much of Outlast. I only played a little bit of Outlast 2. I so. think Alien Isolation did it right, and all of these other ones have been doing it wrong. Yeah, I know... Um, the for the frictional games, the like Soma and True, um, yes, Amnesia like the those. Dark Descent. Amnesia the Dark Descent's a real good game, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Some people do it right, there's a lot that do it wrong. I will probably play this to check it out, but I am not like super stoked for it. But it's out, um, they're doing a early game you can sample, players can sample the early game in a closed beta. Okay. I am, I again am, you know, relying on IGN. I'm, I'm like sort of quoting <laughs> you what that, they yeah. have written, written about this. Um, but yeah, early beta, October 28th to November 1st. So thank you, IGN, for this wonderful list. I'm very appreciated. Ryan Densdale. Thank you, Ryan Densdale. Shout out to you. Couldn't do the podcast without you. Uh, Ryan okay. Densdale, come on the show. Okay. Dead Island is. Dead Island 2, it is it exists and it's coming mm. out in February. Soon, yeah, yeah, yeah. I it, what uh, I appreciated about this was that they got on stage and they were like, We know, we know, we know this mm-hmm. seems sketchy. And you were like, right. Dead Island 2, that's not a real game, but we took it over a long time ago. We've been working on it secretly and it's and it's here and it's gonna be good, we promise. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm into this. I think the gameplay trailer, I'm kind of into what they're showing. Like, I feel like I do like the tone of the writing for this. Like, it is, it, I was expecting it to be like annoying and quippy, and I felt like it was a little more, like, slightly more thoughtful than that. And uh, the graphics look very uh, good. Graphics look good. Looks very looks very good. I went back and watched that original trailer for Dead Island 2, and I was not paying super close attention to games at the time that that originally aired, but it is just a very good, like, like divorce it from Dead Island 2, it's like a good short film. It's like a good animated short film that has, like, a full, like, concept that it explores, you know? Right. I think it's a uh, super good trailer. And this, the trailer for this was, like, similarly just a CG trailer that they showed first, which felt like an interesting choice to go with that, like with a different CG trailer to sell your game. But then they did show gameplay. But then they showed gameplay, yeah. Yeah, of course, the original Dead Island team uh, went on to make Dying Light. So, Mm -hmm. like, that, that series did sort of continue, at least spiritually. So this is just an unrelated developer... Mm-hmm. Because the publisher owned the name and said, right. this is a successful franchise. We can't let it die. So mm-hmm. there's really no expectations you can have about this. Like, right. you can't even be like, oh, I'm a Dead Island fan. Like, that, you know, this is just somebody made a zombie game and slapped Dead Island on it. And maybe it'll be good. But Yeah, it could be good. Hopefully. And uh, that one thing is... Oh, sorry, didn't what? mention though we uh-huh. well we got the uh destiny lightfall trailer uh yes here uh but earlier just a couple hours before opening night live was the big 
Destiny Lightfall reveal, mm-hmm. uh, which I should touch on because it was very exciting. Uh, yes. I think what 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 are the Destiny fans thinking about this? What's what's the, what's the what's the, why are they excited about this? So the big I, hype. I just don't know. So the big hype is that expansion sunsetting is over. Okay. Uh, last year and the year before. I should say earlier this year. The last two expansions mm-hmm. have deleted uh, content from the game. Mm-hmm. Very controversial. As you can imagine, people bought stuff and then it got taken away. So the first and second year of Destiny 2 no longer exist. They are just mm-hmm. gone. Uh, with Lightfall, uh, it was expected that they would then be removing the third year of the game. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. In fact, they're not going to be doing any more sunsetting. They've been working behind the scenes on the engine with compression and who knows what else to make sure that the game can just continue to get bigger without having to delete old stuff. So that is a big deal. Are uh, they bringing back year one and two at some point? That was not mentioned or discussed, okay. but I think that that is important. I, that does need to happen eventually, but yeah, like uh, I, like I never got into Destiny Two when it came out, and I just will not at this point because I can't play that early content. Like if yeah. I if I knew that I could, then I might, but I just at this point, there's no chance that I would get into it. A big chunk of the story is gone. Mm-hmm. I will say that year three is when uh, Bungie divorced Activision. Yeah. And went off on their own and started this saga, this light and dark saga. So there is sort of a beginning of a story that we are building towards with Lightfall. And then the final shape will be the end of that story. So, mm. um, you know, obviously, yes, those first two years are important, but there is a complete arc that starts sure. with uh, Shadowkeep. Does the year one being missing include the original campaign that shipped with the game? Correct. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's my, that's my hang up. If that, if they put that back in, I probably would still knock into the game, but there's a a small (laughs) chance. There's a small chance I would get into it. Uh, So here's what we got. Lightfall. Lightfall Mm -hmm. is uh, on Neptune. It turns out there is a sprawling metropolitan on Neptune and a, a race of humans that has been evolving mm. separately from us that we never knew about. It's the most make, make it up as you go along shit I've ever seen, but I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're putting us in this big blade runner neon city on oh, Neptune. Cool. They're giving us a new power set called strand uh, that will let us grappling hook around the city. So you're telling me this is, um, this is a, uh... It's a strand game. It's a strand game. Okay, absolutely. Uh, all that shit looks great. They are going to be building in some uh, LFG features to help with like the social aspects of the game. It's something that Destiny has needed for a long time. Mm. Uh, and uh, you know, just some like little story teases and stuff. Um, and then the new season started, and it is started like the same day. Mm. Uh, season, I believe, 18 we're on now. The season of plunder. Mm. <clears throat> and we're doing a big pirate ship thing. We, we have, pirates are having a moment. Yeah, we're doing pirates. The Drifter uh, gave us a spaceship 
pirate ship and now we're going around space plundering and swashbuckling and the weapons are like flintlock pistols and blunderbusses and it's great oh yeah play, that sounds played cool. a little bit of it last night uh they they did it they they've got a nice pirate theme like the music is really good and your um mm. their your spaceship has like cannons you can shoot yourself onto other ships uh it's cool nice Good pirate Destiny shit. Uh, I think we covered it. I think we covered Gamescom. We covered Pokemon. We covered Destiny. What a week. What a, and we covered Morbius, finally. And we finally got around to Morbius. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, I will be... I will be in Seattle for PAX West. Mm. Um... And if you're going to be there, loyal listeners, uh, you should DM me on Twitter because it'd be cool to come say hi. I don't think we'll be able to do an episode. I will be airborne when we normally record. Okay. Um, But when I get back, oh boy, we'll have the whole team in to talk about all the Gamescom demos. I'll be able to talk about all the PAX West demos. And then we'll also have some new releases. Yeah. Uh, there have been games coming out that I wanted to talk about, but we had a Gamescom right. episode, so I couldn't. I want to talk about Call to the Lamb. I want to talk about Curse to Golf. And Immortality we'll have. Yeah, then. right. Uh, and, oh, geez. What's the MSIM I'm removing? Uh, Gloom, Gloomwood. Gloomhaven. Oh, you're Gloom- reviewing that? Gloomwood? Gloomwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't know you were reviewing that. I'm excited, for, super excited for that game. Yep. Does they have a uh, Does they have a release date? September sixth. Nice. I didn't realize I had a release date. I'm super excited for that game. Yeah. Um. And then George will be here to talk about the new Turtles, the Turtles collection. Awesome. Yeah. 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 So, so I do apologize. We've had irregular episodes recently. Um. We will miss another one next week, but after that, I think we'll make it through the rest of the year. I believe yeah. this is our fiftieth. Wow. As we speak. Now, I never know. It's a weird thing. Do you celebrate the 50th? Do you celebrate the 52nd? Because that's the one year. Oh, that's the one year. I thought you were saying because you included, like, you know, the U.S. territories as well, like Puerto Rico. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Do you celebrate Uh the Puerto Rico episode? Right. Uh, So if you've been listening for 50, obviously, we're very grateful. Uh, I think that we'll make a bigger deal of it when we get to the 52nd. Yeah, that makes a full more year. Sense to me. Yeah, a full year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that'll do it for this week. We'll see you in two weeks. I hope you have All a good right. day. Bye, everybody. Bye.